Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. 189 eps deep. We're nearly on our 200th birthday, lads. And Stan, you must be feeling like it's your birthday. You've signed a striker and not a bad one. We at have. Well, I hope not a bad one. I don't know enough about him, but the price tag would suggest that he isn't a bad one. Um, from Atalanta, Jim's got his Atalanta top on, and you can actually see us for once. Big so there we go. Jim's fans. Jim's very excited as well. Look how um, tandy is. Sixty odd million, <laughs> uh, sixty odd, seventy million, something like that pounds and euros. But it's a lot of money for a guy who only got seventeen goals last season. Was at Atalanta for one season. I think they bought him for fifteen million euros from Sturm Graz, and they bought them for a few million off Molder. So it's a big jump, few million, fifteen million to sixty, seventy, but. The striker market's small, uh, and to be fair, I'm quite happy that United have actually signed a striker that can move and with the best years ahead of him. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to how, how, how we can do. I'm not sure whether he'll go straight in, but a lot of comparisons to Haaland. Uh, I don't, well, it's not fair at all. Um, I think it's literally just because he's a Scandinavian striker who's tall and quick, and his name starts with H and sounds a bit like Haaland. I mean, that's as far as it goes. I think he's probably going to be a lot more like a Darwin Nunes, where it's a lot of money, very pacey, very physical, but also very raw as well. Well, you know they've scored goals in the European League that's not in the top five. Uh, they've cost a big buck, uh, sixty odd for ha- uh, Hoyland and eighty odd for Darwin, was it? So Darwin Nunes got nine goals, three assists in the league last season. I think if if Hoyland gets that, I'll be happy with that as well for for a guy who's only I think twenty years old. So three, four, five years until he's in his prime and yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got a little game for you two. Oh yeah? Uh, <laughs> just a little impromptu game. Okay. Since Van Persie, when, so not including Van Persie, United have signed six strikers that were 30 or over. Can you name the six? Falcao. Falcao is one. Cavani. Cavani's one. Ibra. Zla- oh, yeah. Ibra's one. Michael Owen? No. Igalo. Igalo's one. Two more. Two more. Um, Vegas didn't pass 30 Vegas was 30 I think when we loaned him uh, one more then there's one more so probably the biggest name Alexis? of the lot no no not, no, not striker oh Ronaldo uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Brilliant. so we've signed six, I think the only striker under 30 we've signed permanently since uh, Van Persie in 2013 was Lukaku for 75 million so money well it's, spent it's exactly <laughs> money well spent for everybody <laughs> that's out. ever bought him no problem um, so, yeah, I'm just happy United have signed a striker that can move. I'm looking forward to him going into a team. He's, he's rapid, uh, six foot three. Uh, Gasparini said he can do the 100 metres in just under 11 seconds. So he's a rapid guy. He's got all the physical attributes, which is why, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, to be honest. I don't. He's not going to come in and be the finished article because he isn't the finished article. So I think it's unfair to compare him to some of the elite level strikers. But like I say, it's a, it's a striker with... His best years ahead of him, hopefully, all going well. And uh, it's a profile that United desperately need in the squad, a proper number nine, a focal point. And somebody who's desperate to score goals, some of the goals I've seen him score are proper striker's goals, shoving his head in where it hurts, five, six, seven yards out and, and getting on the end of things. So it's a profile we need. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy we've signed him. I think Ten Hag's happy we've signed him as well. So, good. What do you think about the general market of strikers, Cook? As in, like... Well, not just strikers, actually, maybe more attackers. I can broaden this out too. When Stan named Darwin there for the 60, 70 million, he's far off the finished product. Hoyland's only just turned 20. 
Um, Anthony's quite young, he's not a finished product, he costs what, 80 odd million, I can't really remember. But you get all these Mudrick, Mud Mudrick 105, that, yeah. but what, 21, how old is he? Like, you still, we, we, this basically what I'm trying to say is, you've got players that are moving from like, the club that they started from, for like 10, 15 million pounds, even sometimes less, like 1 million pounds, and then a good 6, 9 months in the European League and Premier League teams are buying them for 60, 70 million is that because like why aren't the Premier League just scouting these people a year earlier because <laughs> surely they know about the names or is it more of a you can't really send an unknown um, when, you, when you're a high profile club like United are you couldn't sign a, a Hoyland from Sturmgrass for example because like no one's heard of him he has to do this at Atlanta first before it's like deemed a United signing if that makes sense yeah no I agree I think that a lot of the thing, it's probably laziness, really. It's probably letting other teams do the scouting for them, really, for, for the uncut gems, so to speak. And they'll be aware of players that are playing at, like, under-20 World Cups and European Championships and stuff like that. But, for example, like, your Matomas, your Caicedos, just to name a few, for example, your Evan Fergusons, they do obviously rely on second-hand scouting from other teams like Brighton and stuff like that. But the market itself is thin at the minute, especially up top, well, bar Lukaku, because he's anything but... but the the actual striker market is thin, which is giving people like this Holland is that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. something like that. He's he's got less time to develop in a league like Serie A, whereas in the past you'd have two to three years in that league. But now United are desperate, especially when teams like PSG are sniffing round going, You know what, we we could have him actually. And he really weren't gonna go there, but they needed to get it done and like Stan said, he's seventeen goals in all comps, nine league goals, not bad for a twenty year old, but another year in Serie A probably would have done his development better than just going straight to United. And When you mentioned about is it easier just for City or Chelsea or whoever just to go straight to the source, you've got to show there's a pathway really as well. Like at Chelsea, we've missed out on so many targets from my own personal experience of following the club because there's no pathway to the first team. They're like, I'd rather go and play at Dortmund for two, three years, go and get sold and go from there really. So I think you've got to be a big club but you've also got to show that there is a route to the first team realistically and an example that came to my head, Stan, Bellingham saying no to United to go have those years in Germany and now look, so, yeah. yeah. Last year's they're developing a bigger league. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you take Kane out of the equation, who could United have gone for, really? I mean, I think everybody's at a gamble. You've got Ivan Tony, but, you know, I can don't you think clubs are going to... You can't sign gamble, him. Right? It is a gamble, yes, to? very much. I don't know whether no. you can sign him, no. he can't kick a Play ball. play. No, I mean, can you can't, you, could you like? I don't know whether you could actually put it through with him being banned from football, but he can't kick a ball for six months. I mean, after that, you are looking at a Darwin, you know, Hoyland, Mudrick kind of level signing where you think, well, he's coming from one of Europe's, I don't know, not in the top five leagues, but. Like seventh or um, eighth best league in Yeah, so. Like Liga Primera yeah, or something like that. Liga. And you go, I like the profile, I like that they offer this, they're a bit raw. He's already got that, but we can improve that. And you end up going to these clubs and they see Premier League, they see dollar signs or pound signs in our case. And uh, they say, well, yeah. I mean, originally At- Atalanta were like 100 million euros, which is about 85 million pounds. And, and United, you know, tongue in cheek, have got that down to 60 odd million. Uh, but it's still a, a footload of money for an unproven player. So, yeah, I, th- I think it will be pretty similar to Darwin Nunes. But like I say, it's a profile United needed. And. The fact that United have brought in a midfielder, a keeper and a striker before the pre-season tours finished, before they left America, is is encouraging, especially with the ongoing uh, speculation with the takeover. It's probably the best case scenario we could have found ourselves in. So, 
Yeah, I'm happy we finally got a striker. I'm, I'm happy we finally got a striker that will move and uh, won't leave in the next year or two because they're 35 years old. So, all good, hopefully. Hello, welcome back. Uh, here's time for a new segment, uh, Jim's idea, and we're going to call it for the moment. Flex- so if it's shit, flexible you know fives. No, it'll be, it'll be, gr- it'll be great. Like, like last week. Jim's quiz was great, nice, so we'll, we'll, we'll give him again. Good. We've got that again later, so stay tuned. Round We're going to call it Flexible Fives. Uh, and I mean, the idea is that there's five things. This week, we're going to do a five-a-side of confirmed, or here we go, to fit in with the kids. Uh, summer transfer signings. We're going to do our five-a-side. It's going to be in uh, the style of a draft. So once you know any of us picked a player, that's kind of it. So... Uh, yeah, we're going to go straight into it. We'll start with the keeper. There's going to be a keeper, defender, two midfielders, and a forward. Uh, Jim? Draft order? What's the draft order? We, we, we should have probably discussed this, actually. Well, we'll go Jim to cut. Cut can do a double, and then Bart. I'll always be in the middle, just to make sense. Snake. Snake style. Snake, there we go. Like like the FPL draft. Mm. Love it. So you two will have doubles, no, I'll be I get in the middle. One pick? You can go number one pick, because... It's your phone that's thingy, and yeah, there's an easy it, pick. Yeah, it is thingy. Sure, Apple Storage we're using. <laughs> it's blocked. So we're we doing. You can choose anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. anyone. And it's, it's like so wild card, so to okay, speak. fair enough. Yeah. Any yeah. Position. So the, this is signings this summer. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Here confirmed. we go. Yeah. Okay. So the number one pick in the 2023 draft. Team GM picks Lionel Messi. Pretty obvious. <laughs> For yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so I'll go with um, I've got to go with him because I think it's slim pickings for the other names I'll go with Andre Anana in goal ooh I like that and my wild card for this one is going to be Christopher Nkunku Nkunku you again sir but I'm actually going to turn to Manchester and say something that I fucking hate <laughs> and it is Mal I think that he's a great signing for them and he's in my team well, back to me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave England. I'm gonna go to the capital of Spain. I'm gonna pick Jude, Jude the dude, Jude Bellingham in That's midfield. Uh, one of my two midfielders. All right. Okay. Messi for me counts as a striker, by the way. Yeah. Forward. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna go with. Only just realised this had happened this summer, but I'm gonna go with Kim. He's gone to Bayern from Napoli at the defence. Probably got a bit of slim pickings in defence. You know, we'll get him in early, and then my third pick. I will go, oh, I really don't want to forget this, because I wrote down some names, I will go for Declan Rice. Nice. Um, so, I'm trying to think what I've used. I am as well. So you, I'm, you've got a keeper. Onana in net, Bellingham in midfield, so I've got midfielder, defender and forward. So I'll go with, behind them, we'll go for another Ajax player in Urian Timber as the defender. For Arsenal. Mm. Okay, so I'm going between the sticks. A man that I'm very familiar with through Football Manager and nothing else. So he might be shit in real life. But it is the new Brighton goalkeeper, Verbruggen. Yes. New new nice. number one, potentially, with a Brighton keeper going to your club, Cook. Mm. One of many Brighton players. Bart. <laughs> Bart. And staff. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, so I've had a goalkeeper... I've got Verbruggen between the sticks, I've got Mason Mount, and I've got Nkunku through the middle, so I can have a defender, and I can have a... Forward. And to partner Mount in midfield, I will go for Sandro Tonali. 
Small, big one, that. I think it's a good You sign. think he'll do well? I think it's a good sign. I think that... Does he want to be there? Probably not. Who would be? <laughs> but, I mean, it's Champions League football. Gimaresh is an absolute delight to play in there with. And he's got Joe Linton that'll just do all the dirty work for him. So, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll enjoy the actual playing the footy. Whether, whether he'll enjoy actually living there is a different question. But he'll, he'll, he'll get good minutes and Howe's not a bad coach at all. So, yeah, Tenali, there you go. Fair enough. So, so you both pick forward, so I'll, I'll I'll leave that then for the minute. Okay. I'm safe. I'm safe in that sense. So I'll go next to Jude, the dude in the middle of the park. I'll go with James Madison for Tottenham. Big signing for Tottenham. Uh, expect him to do well this season. I, I was saying the other week. I don't think there's too much pressure on him. I expect him to uh, step up. So we'll go with an all English midfield of Madison and Bellingham. So that was my next pick. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to think what my team is now. My team is Kim Messi. You've um, not got a keeper. That's a pick. I pick Rice, didn't I? Rice, you, you, did. All right. you did. I don't need to pick a keeper because you just picked yours. So I've got. What have I got left? Oh, I don't think I need to pick a keeper. Yeah, you do. All right, I'm <laughs> Midfielder and keeper. Alright, so. In the sticks, I will have. And there's not many good goalkeepers that's moved, in all honesty. And it's between two. It's between Edward Mendy, but he's past it, so we're going to go James Trafford. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I don't think there's much other options. He was on well, my I mean, list. He's pretty exciting. Did some great things for England as well, and we spoke about him in a few pods back. So yeah, quite exciting. Um, from City to Burnley, and then completing the team midfield, next to Deckers. Riyad. He's either between two players, but yeah, I won't say my second player in case you have him. But I'm gonna go. Riyad. No, I've already, we've already got midfield, haven't we? Oh yeah. Okay, right. Sorted, well, so I'll openly think it was between his, his real life new midfield partner Kai Havertz and oh, um, and Riyad, but I think Riyad is probably probably the best player uh, based on talent at the minute. So yeah, we'll go Riyad Mares to round out the team. My striker Rasmus Hoyland has to be up front, uh, the big man, quick guy, and a footload of money. So hopefully a footload of goals coming, Cook. Uh, so my pick is one of many nice Aston Villa signings, Stan. You could have took a pick of the bunch there. But I am going to pick Paul Torres. I think that the money was actually quite nice on this deal for what United were quoted in yesteryear. So, uh, yeah, bit of a shock, in it, Stan? It is. Good partnership with Diego Carlos as well. Yeah. Uh, nice little uh, triumvirate there with, with Emmy Martinez in net as well. So uh, yeah. looking pretty solid there for the European exploits this season. All right, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners. Um, we're going to talk about two, another two incomings for Chelsea. Um, they are really mounting up now, aren't they, Cook? And you're going to talk us through... Or mounting out. I already said that. Cook, you mount, like it? Mount out. New edition. You know you're getting some new... Todd Bowley's cooking again. <laughs> and um, he's getting all his ingredients from France. Wow. <laughs> um, Axel Disassi. Is that right? Correct. And um, I'm just going to call him Big Les. Yeah. Big Les. Big Les is coming. Sure, that's his nickname. Not Big Les Dennis, to be confused with. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leslie Ugochukwu. Correct. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Um, what can you tell us about these signings? And are they real? Are, are they real? <laughs> uh, yeah, first question, are they real? <laughs> Second question, are we going to see them next season for Chelsea? Ooh. Good question. You're going to see <laughs> Axel de Sassi, definitely, because Wesley Fafana's not going to kick a ball till April, apparently, so that's a complete and utter nightmare. Positives from that, has played with Benoit Badiashile in a 2-3 yeah, for this. Monaco, 
So a guy actually got to saw, uh, got to see, sorry, in the flesh when they played uh, Lorient when he was heavily linked to Manchester United. Stan DM me on the Twitter. How did said, he do? Talk to me about this boy. He did. He did really well. But like I said to Stan, he's he's still raw. This kid. So if anyone's thinking Chelsea have signed uh, a Rolls Royce of a centre back, they haven't. They've signed someone who has got a lot of potential ability. He likes to carry the ball. He reminds me of Rudiger in terms of he'll just go on them mad runs up the pitch. Quite good two footed, but needs a silver potentially to hold his hand for a bit to to get him in there. But can play in a three hander too. Good signing for Chelsea, and the money's pretty good as well. I, I thought that when United were getting quoted like fifty odd million for him, I was like, again, he's he's raw, very raw. But yeah, one for the future. Represented France up until under twenty one level. I'm sure he's got a couple of senior caps, but yeah, played in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he was in the squad. I, I don't know he, if he no, actually kicked Yeah, play. I think he played three games. There you go then. Did he? I think there he came go. on, yeah. But, oh, when they won the group or something. And, oh, um, there you go then. But, the yeah, no slight, no slight on him that. They, they've got a plethora of defenders there that can play centre-half. And he has played with Fafana and uh, Saliba at under-21s level as well for France. So you're getting a good player there. And I think, again, for the money, it's good business for Chelsea, though. Was he in that dressing room when Saliba was on... Snapchat. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> he was recorded. <laughs> but, but no, uh, yeah, I think I think that yeah, long term it's one for the future, and it's probably a silver replacement before we really had to replace silver. If Fafana didn't go down, we probably would have missed out on this target. He probably would have gone to U- a United or a Liverpool, where it's been linked. But yeah, Uka Chukwu. Let's talk about him. A teenager, nineteen. Played thirty-five games last year. I think thirty-two were starts. So for a teenager, that's pretty good in Liga. He's again. Pochettino said that he's one of three players that we can allow to go to Strasbourg, given that they're our sister club now. And he's definitely one for the future. He said we need more experienced heads in there, and I don't think he was expecting Andre Santos and uh, Cesare Casadei to actually do so well in preseason. And they've lit the world on fire there. And even Ian Matson's been getting games in the middle of midfield. So yeah, it's it's hard to get in our midfield at the minute. I know we're very bare for experience, but let's say you had a Caicedo in there, Sel Gallagher. You've got you've got a nice little midfield there and a couple of prospects. We know European football where the pressure's a little bit less. Get more minutes in the cups, but yeah, I think it's one for for next year definitely, and I think it's a long term replacement for where in the past you've seen us loan someone like Saul or Dennis Sakaria. It's it's one of them utility positions where we are going to go to a four three three and we are going to when we eventually do have European football because fingers crossed we finish in a European position this year. We are going to need the squad, and these lads are going to get minutes regardless. And the age profile of our squad's just come completely down. You take Thiago Silva out of it, I think the average age is 21, I was reading. So, yeah, young team, but exciting at the same time. They're going to get a lot of minutes at Strasbourg with two other players that we are going to send out there, which, is again, is the maximum we can do. And eventually we'll see the fruits of that labour, I think. Stan, would you say, from an outside-looking perspective, looking at Chelsea and looking at the current squad, it's... Um much you don't really know what the first eleven is going to be. Maybe Cook knows a lot more than us, uh, following the club inside and out, watching the preseason games and such. But a few of them players there that I, uh, I'm like, this could be we could never hear of them again, or they could just be stars for the season. Even when like to Nicholas Jackson, who's come in and he's done pretty well in preseason. I've seen a few clips of him. Even Mudrick, um, I know it's big money signing, but he was in and out of the team last season. A lot of these players are going to be fine for spots aren't they and it's kind of going to be I don't want to say make or break but for like an outside perspective would you say that would be a fair evaluation of the Chelsea squad at the minute you don't really yeah. know what you're getting yet yeah well you don't do you I think that they're all so young I mean we saw what happened with Chelsea last season finishing 12th in the league and spending 
you know, a load of money buying, I don't know how many players it was in the end, but it felt like at least, 40. yeah, at least another starting 11's worth of players. So I suppose they've, well, yeah, they, they, they've, <laughs> they've got a bed in yet. You've got changes with Pochettino, you've got changes with obviously Strasbourg getting involved, but it does feel at the moment with Chelsea, I see that they're buying a lot of younger players and maybe loaning them out or keeping them around. I mean, Santos, uh, Casadai, was it? Slanina in there. You've got um, Matson's hanging around. You've got, what was the right back you signed? Malogusto. Yeah. So even Mudrick's still, still young. You've got a lot of players of that age where... You need to get the balance right, and and I know Pochettino will want a young side that's kind of untainted and that he can mould and work with. But you've got to get the balance of the age profiles and the squad right. And I think at the moment they are a little bit too young. Uh, I, I know that they're after Sanchez and Caicedo still. Uh, Caicedo's young age wise, but experience in the Prem, he's had you know th- a couple of thirty-eight game seasons under his belt. So I'm sure Chelsea will go a bit mental in the last you know month of the window. I don't expect anything different from Todd. So. We'll probably see uh, some more players coming in, but you don't know what to expect. I expected a lot more from Chelsea last season uh, than you know twelfth and, and four or five different managers and you know incomings, outgoings, Tuchel going so early, Lampard in and then out again, and things like that. So you you don't know what to expect. I'm not sure Chelsea fans really, if they're honest with themselves, know what to expect. I'm sure they're positive and, and, and optimistic, but everybody is at the start of the season. You want the best thing to happen, but. I think, like Cook said, I think it will help them that they've not got any European football. It gives Pochettino a week on the uh, training ground with these young lads and, and new signings. That you know, because ultimately that twelve months, they, they need to forget about all the other new signings yeah. and, and they need to crack on and treat this as a new, you know, new manager, which it is, and a new, a new, uh, new process, a uh, new hope, a new hope, exactly. So <laughs> time of yet. <laughs> I don't know what to expect, and like I say, I don't think Chelsea fans know what to expect, and I still I'll think I'll tell you what to expect. Improvement from last year. That's the well, one thing think, you, will, you will expect. Because so, you're going to finish 12. So as long as you finish 11th and only have three managers, is that all right? Hey, it's improvement. It yeah, is. I was going to say, it's not a big improvement, <laughs> but it's improvement nonetheless. I was going to say, like, what, not what you expect. So now you're going to say like an improvement on last season, but realistically, it's not going to get worse, is it? It's not been much worse for Chelsea since I've watched football. So it didn't feel like you ever won. As I get no. checking your scores, it always felt like Chelsea had drew or lost again. Well, objectively, probably felt worse for you. Get, forgetting about last season, objectively looking at the squad now, looking at the manager and everything else about your route, what's what's the expectation? Are you excited about next season? We're obviously excited about the football because obviously we've missed it for a bit. But being like objective about Chelsea at the minute, where do you see them? So my my prediction, not not really where they'll finish, but my my expectation is going to be the top four. I think fourth is a realistic. Again, with no European football, with us having a squad that has that time on the training ground, I think we play once a week till back end of November. So again, that's really good for for us and the young players staying around the team. But I think top four has to be the priority. I think that anyone realistically who says we can achieve more than that is kidding themselves. And I think that Pochettino will be holding them to a high standard because every press conference he's done, he said, "All right, yeah, it's a new squad, it's a young squad, but it's Chelsea. You still have to win." And it's true, it's the culture and. He's not took that job unless he thought he could do it, and the squad definitely is good enough. And you've seen that Brighton team and Aston Villa even come close to the end. Like the, these players that we've acquired and the players that have been through the shit last year, it looks completely different. We look fresher, we look hungrier. The players that actually want to be here, ha- are, like are here, bar a couple, I'd say all the the best players in our preseason have been the new players. 
I'd say the probably the worst players are the ones that have hung on. I'd say our best players in preseason are probably someone like Colwell. I'd probably go as far as say Andre Santos players like all these new boys, Nicholas Jackson and Kunku. So yeah, exciting. I think top four will be the aim, will be the priority, and I I, I believe we'll get it. Yeah. Is it an, is it an expectation? I wouldn't say it's an expectation. I'd say it's more of a I think top a realistically six. ambition. I would say I think fourth is your best case scenario, isn't it? It's the best case scenario, but at the same time, with so that w- squad, I, I still think it's top so what, forward. So what's your what's your, min- what's your minimum? Is it just Europa League or above top six? No, the minimum is the top four because it's Chelsea. It's yeah, not, that's it's, what I was it's, getting it's, at. Should it, should yeah, it be the top Yeah, four? it is. It always is. It is. Otherwise, you become risking what Arsenal were for a decade plus. And then again, like I said, it is Chelsea. You have to win. It's like United. You can't. You can't even City now. You can't finish outside the top four like Liverpool this year finishing in the Europa League. It's it's not good enough. It's really not. But they had a year off, put a run together, and they just missed out. So, yeah, I think top four it always is for Chelsea when, especially with no Europe. I hate to keep banging on that door, but well, it's a big it's a thing. Big, it's a big think, thing, isn't it? We won the league last time. We wasn't in Europe. Well, so. I, I think that's the thing with Chelsea. They've taught us that one season they could finish twelfth and then finish fourth the next season. It really wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea did finish fourth, but. It wouldn't surprise me if they finished eighth and sat Pochettino by the new year. So I no honestly, I. I honestly don't know what to expect. Uh, I suppose it'll be interesting to watch. And like you say, you've got a young, hungry squad that that wants chances and, and wants to be part of this new Pochettino era. So uh, you know, I would say good luck to them, but probably not. So we'll we'll, we'll see it, how it, it goes. You would be well if you look at the, how you probably expect the Premier League to go, and obviously Arsenal could. Drop off, but surely, Somebody, surely you don't expect it after what they did last season and they've improved in the window. You expect Arsenal to take two one and two. I don't know if that's what everyone else thinks, but you but, expect. But then, okay, if, if positions are regardless of positions, you expect them to be in the top four. Then I can say Arsenal you do. Team. But Liverpool, um, we'll talk about this next week. But Liverpool nearly won all four and they scrape. They managed to push up to fifth. But did last they make season? the improvement Arsenal did this summer? Is what I would argue. Yeah, because Arsenal have made Arsenal it all for their have own back, haven't they? Arsenal, the, the yeah, they, they spend, no, they didn't spend as much, did they not? And what, what I'm trying to say is there's going to be one team out of, the way I see it, there's one team out of Liverpool, United and Chelsea who are going to miss out on Champions League football. That's the way I see it. And I remember last season, we were discussing on the pod, and I think we did top four predictions. We always do predictions, usually. Yeah, and I had Arsenal over United in fourth. And that was because of how far ahead they are than Arsenal in like terms of were the gaming towards they had that obviously Tanag's first season it was like it was improving that's kind of how I'm looking at Chelsea at the minute yeah. Chelsea, I'm putting Chelsea in say United or yeah. Liverpool I just think they're a year or so behind them yeah. especially the way United have had last season to kind of change the way they play and then now they've signed that goalkeeper that's going to change the way they play they brought an attacker in because let's not forget like they had a 37-year-old Ronaldo or Vegas up front for That's all true. of last season. So no matter how good this new kid is, it's it's an improvement. Yeah. So it's probably not end it, of the yeah. world Europa League. That's what I'm trying to say. But, it's going to be. But you know, how prim- you know the Premier League goes, so, don't you? Like if, yeah. you, if Chelsea was, don't get top four, it's going to be oh they spent half a billion. Pochettino, Pochettino has to go. Has to go. Yeah. It, they're going to be a conversation. Yeah, they'll say that. Which but is just brutal. Again, if if for example we get Europa League and we win the FA Cup, that's a good year. But even if you don't win the FA Cup, what if you? It's a good. It's a good year. It's I think if you go, if you like two points off fourth last day of season, yeah, that, that's that bad. If you yeah. like two points for United, yeah, contacts provided. Let's say we miss out on the last. You day. could have a load of injuries. You've got to be like, anything, all right, it's a bunch of kids with the odd superstar Enzo. Just, <laughs> just with the way the the Premier the Premier managers are sacked nowadays, the the, con, the context isn't always there, is it? It's no. it's basically oh you finish fifth. 
Yeah. When it, uh, with Ayelka, if this Chelsea team was to push United and Liverpool to top four place, yeah. I feel that would be. If you're from 12th okay. to 5th, yeah, it would be, be okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi guys, welcome back to my quiz. If you listened last week, it was round one, and we played a game called Bullshit. And Stan, what was the score? 3 2. To who? To me. Well done. Cook, are you going to get revenge this week? That's not that bullshit. Is, that, that is no cap. Um, this week is round two, and I've called this round Connect Four. Wow, the premise will be I will give you four football related things players, managers, clubs badges, anything, um, sponsors, and you've got to tell me the connection. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So, an example could be... So you can um, do... A, a, City 2023, City 2022, City 2021, Liverpool 2020. Brilliant. Okay. And Brilliant you would say title. the last four Premier League title winners. Okay. Yeah? Fair enough. I should have probably put an example. Right. Apologies. That'll do. Um, and there's going to be, again, out of five... And we're going to add the scores cumulatively. So, Cook, you've got one to make up this week, buddy. I do. But it's, it can be done. got many a week to So, go. do we have one each, or do we buzz in, or what? How does it work? It's going to be the first to say it. Okay. Yeah, buzz, a buzzing situation. and um, We can buzz in, like, yeah, in the second but one you if can't, we think you we've can't, got it. You can't just spam answers. What I'm going to say is... You get frozen it, out. Yeah, yeah. But then you obviously get come back in. So, if you buzz in, get a wrong answer. So, if you say I'm two gonna, and I go, eh, Premier League winners, and you go, it's not that... You can say the other three, and I've got to sit there and let him have a guess at the four. Yes. The first set of clues. Okay. Roma in 2023. Rangers in 2022. Uh, oh, you fuck. Uh, Europa League runners-up. Yes. Do you want to finish it off, the next two? 2022. 2021. Uh, United. Yes. And 2020. 2020. Inter? Yes. Imagine finishing runner-up in your Europa League. <laughs> Good knowledge of your Europa League. Oh, we've been wow. in it enough. <laughs> we've been in it enough. Um, okay. That's one to stand. The second set of answers is as follows. Didier Drogba. Mohamed Salah. Uh, African player of the year winners. No. Frozen out! <laughs> oh! oh. Can't go and finish it off. So we've got Trump. Keep talking, Daddy. And we've got Salah. Third player, Sadio Mane. Fourth player, Pierre Emerick Abemiyang. <laughs> <laughs> Africans in the 100 club? No. Okay, so we're both back in. Yeah, we're both, both back, back in. Both back in for, I'll give you 15 seconds. If not, we'll. So Didier, Salah, Mane, Abemiyang. Yes. <laughs> Afcon winners. No. Are they the four top African scorers in Premier League history? No. No. Four I mean, Golden Boot winners, African Golden Boot winners. Yes. Oh, nice, you got that. We yeah, got there, something yeah. like that. We got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are the only yeah. four African Golden Boot winners. Interestingly, Abemyang, Mane, Salah all happened in the same year. With 22, I think. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's for Africa. The next one. <laughs> This is a bit of a tricky one, this. I will admit. But oh, okay. I have fun making it. Okay. Diego Forlan in 2003. Mario Balotelli in 2012. Juan Cuadrado in 2015. 
and Nabi Keita in 2020. <laughs> so, Nabi Lad, Forlan. The years are important as well. Yeah, Nabi Lad. Balotelli. I'll read them out yeah, again. Balotelli 2020. Diego Forlan in 2003. Balotelli in 2012, Juan Cuadrado in 2015, and Nabi Keita in 2020. Uh, was it something like the assist of the last Premier League goal in the season? That would have been very good, but no. No. Ah. Fair, fair enough. I was just thinking Mario. Eh. January transfer signings? No. No, it's summer, wasn't there? No, Cuadrado coming in January, you racist. No, Fall I'm in Mario and stuff. <laughs> Who was the last one? Nabi Keita. Nabi Keita in 2020. 2020. Fall on. This is a good one for you listeners, because this is, this is a toughie. It is a Mr. Toughie, this. Fall on. I'll give you 15 Did more Did he score the first goals in the local derby? No. No? They could have done, but that wasn't what I was looking for. That'd be very coincidental if it up as well. Uh, I just remember Balotelli scoring against us. It's the season I'm going for. Goal, I, would, I was going to say, the only thing I can remember really, Balotelli 2012, was it not Euro 2012 when he scored that fucking goal against Germany in the Euros? It was. That's all I can think of. Maybe was European, no not European, sorry, uh, major tournament top goal scorers. No, not internationally. I don't fucking know. Right. Copper. I was thinking Copper. I'm going to let a point burn. And I'm going to give you the, give you the clue. Fuck. Give you okay. that, sorry. Okay. These are players to be the only one from the country to ever win the Premier League. Fuck. Oh, oh yeah. They're all, yeah, they won the league. All, yeah, that's that from us. Guinea, Colombia, Uruguay. Uruguay and Italy. Wow, there's only been one Italian. Really? Right, this is also a nice one. This is quite fun. Okay. So, question number four. Let's go. The four clues are... Stuart Pearce... Oh, I just voiced quite there. Stuart Pearce... Yeah, you get more emotional. talking about him, don't you? Yeah, you get emotional. <laughs> remember when he came down... His, I do. Remember when you drew him in-house. Remember when you drew all them. I remember when we, didn't, we scored one goal from New Year's to end of the season. <laughs> Up top you go, David Cheers, James. Cheers. I remember when he brought a magic horse onto the sideline for luck. Actually happened. Stuart Pearce in 96-97. Ryan Giggs in 2014. David Unsworth in 2016 and 2017. And Leon Britton in 2017. Caretaker managers. That is it. Yeah. No, that is the right answer. You can have it. Okay, so it's two on to Stan. Last question. Can you hit this one? 5-3 on aggregate. So true. Yes. Let's make it 5 4 to stay inside one. Come on. Pierre Amrick Abemian. He's back! My favourite! In 2020. Casper Schmeichel, 2021. Jordan Henderson, in 2022. And Ilkay Gundogan, in 2023. FA Cup final winning captains. Yes! Wow! Very quick! That's very good. Nice. FA Cup final for Arsenal was against us. Leicester was against us. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that's fair. Good, uh, good knowledge. The I didn't purge that from my memory like every so, other yes. defeat. Welcome back, listeners. It is time for change in the EFL. Stan, there's some rule changes this year. We're going to go World Cup style where we're actually going to keep track of how long the ball's in play instead of just adding on what we feel like now. 
and there's a rule change been made regarding more than one person coming to speak to the referee, I believe. Again, good for booking doubles, potentially some flashes of scarlet, but Jim, do you want to go into it a little bit more about these rules? Yeah, so on paper, look promising. In practicality, will we see it? <laughs> I mean, True. not to plug our second podcast, guys, but me and Cook, we actually did speak about NBA rule changes that on paper sounded good, but probably won't get enforced. And that is my definite thinking with that second one you just said. The whole, the apparently that if two players, if more than one player gets into the personal space, which is a very subjective term, how close do you get to the personal space? Because they all get pretty close really when you watch it every week, don't they? There's at least one time that happens per game. Um, and then one person will get booked. But who will they book? How will they decide that? Will they book a player who's already been booked? Probably not. Um... I can think of the time where the second half of last season when they said they was going to start clamping down on disrespect to referees and like complaining and all this kind of stuff and who was it now from Wolves Lamina. got sent off Lamina got sent off and he, because he was the third he was person. the third running but he wasn't even never heard of that rule in 20 odd years or what yeah but then in the same weekend didn't that happen like four times did, like, no, they didn't book like, anyone yeah had like four separate the exact same Situations and they didn't book anyone. And he was so, booked as well, so it was second yellow. Mad. So will this even work? Uh, probably not. As opposed to the first one, because they're trying this in the. They're yeah. not doing this in Premier League, are they? No, EFL. Yeah, EFL. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we're, we're doing this with like. I don't know how, if that's good for the game that we're doing it in different leagues. Because it's still a pretty big league, the EFL. I think it's one of the top leagues in Europe, the Championship for me. Well, playoff um, finals the richest game in the world, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I digress. I think this is probably a good one. We've seen it in the World Cup um, and we thought it was kind of fair because he was pretty consistent with it. When he first started yeah. in the tournament, it was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, the ref has just forgot 12 minutes and stuff like that. It was yeah. ridiculous. But then by the second, third game, it happened. He was it. like, hey, it makes sense. if they're doing this every game, it's fine. And plus, it gets rid of all that bullshit of how long is the ball in play. We've seen a lot with Newcastle last season. <laughs> yeah, we've, seen the it in, for it. we've seen it in two separate games, really, didn't we? We've seen in the game where I think Liverpool got a late winner. Oh, I can't mind Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did no, you're right. Right. Yeah, right. right. And it was because of they played on longer than Newcastle fans wanted, but Newcastle had wasted so much time and extra time. Mm. And then Newcastle had done it to another team where they ended up winning, and the game was only in play for like 51 minutes or something. I can't remember that. I could have been against United. They did it. You said to me. They did it. Well, at Old Trafford, it was 0 0, and the ball was in play for about 58 minutes of the 90. It was an awful game. One of the worst yeah. I can remember last season. Yeah. I think I, we'll start this talking is not, our journalists. This is not a Newcastle attack. It's just an example. Every team does it. I just remember that yeah. happening last season, the Liverpool thing with Newcastle. But and th- it gets rid of that, doesn't it? Yeah, because teams will know they'll get. They might be one 0 up or one one away. At, you know, a, mass, a big club and sure. they've time wasted all games. They'll know that when the ball goes up at ninety minutes, it's gonna say another. You know, five, six, seven, up to like fifteen minutes. We saw in the World Cup. So. It's another bloody large chunk of the game, so it, it, it's going to stop the time wasting as well because they're not going to have it. They're kicking it out for a throw in, taking ages. Keeper's going to kick it, he moves it to the other side of the six yard box, or he's going to take that free kick. I'll stand over it, I'll jog up the pitch, somebody else will come and take it, and all that stuff that you know we all know is the dark arts, and we want our team to do it because at the moment they can get away with it. But I think if this comes in, it will, it will very quickly be stamped out of the game where the smaller teams will actually want to keep the ball moving and keep the the ball in play because it's the less time they've got to hold on for that, you know, after the 90 minutes goes. Cool. And it's more bang for your buck, really, isn't it? 
Well, you, you get your 90 minutes or your best part of your 90 minutes because when you're losing, you know, 60-minute games and stuff like that. 58 it, minutes in play is fucking... It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it literally, it's nearly, you know, 45 minutes is a half. It's only just over half of football. And I think in total, the the, the game was about, with uh, added time at half-time and full-time, it was about 98 minutes. So you're losing 40 minutes of that. Free kicks, corners, substitutions, lying on the floor, having cramp. And you know everything in between, so I think it's only good. Playing devil's advocate, Cook. Yes, sir. Is dark arts a part of football? It is, but only because it's been allowed to be. I think that if football implemented something that was in sports again, going back to basketball, if we had not necessarily a shot clock, because imagine that in footy, but imagine if we had a like a board that was going down, and the, every time the ball went out, it just stopped, and you could always like see. Rugby league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like rugby league, sorry to use a, a more UK based uh, example, but yeah, I think that it could have been done. It's only been allowed to get as far as it's got because of we've been so frugal with the technology in the past, and only since the ghost goal of two thousand and six did we even get goal line technology in football, which is absolutely mental the amount of money that's in it. So I think that on one hand we've been resting on our laurels regarding to the technology, and it's got to this point and. I don't think anyone can complain again when Stan's again saying stuff like the ball was only in play for 58 minutes. It's just yeah. not good value for money. It's it not is. a good advert for Do you feel like it's got worse, Stan? As in, like, from yeah. when we first started watching football to now, when you think of the changes in the modern game, you've got obviously you've got all your reviews that are not always added up correctly in added time. You've got, got, e- more, e- subs. Even, you've got, you've subs. got more subs, even down to the point of where referees are doing the spray paint, like the put yeah, free everything. kicks and stuff. Yeah. Is, they it, are is, the, is this why we're implementing these new changes now? Because it's got it's just got ridiculous. I think I think you have to because, like you say, with all those things, you've got the sub windows, five subs. You've got uh, VAR reviews. Either the rest are on the pitch, or they might stand on the pitch for five minutes and then go. You need to go to the screen, and then you've got to go. Oh, it's a penalty, and then everybody's got to get it set up for the penalty. You know, it it, it, it can wait celebrations, uh, people going down, people booting the ball out for corners, uh, throw-ins taking ages, free kicks, keepers taking ages with the ball in their hand. I mean, six-second rule seems to have completely gone out the window. I don't that's know when never, that happened. That's never been a thing, has yeah. it? It, it felt, but it felt like it did. It felt like keepers at, at least had to roll it on the floor like after they had it in their hands to boot it off the floor, but they just keep hold of it for ages now, so... I think it needed to come in. I think it's only good for the game, and I think dark arts are part of the game, but... They're not more part of the game than you know football's two hours to forty five minutes, and we're not getting that at the moment. So if you're going to complain that oh well you know it's ruining this, well you know defend for forty five minutes, two, two lots of forty five minutes. You're not going to get any more the basics of football than that, and you're only defending for what fifty eight minutes at Old Trafford or whatever. So I don't think you can use that as an excuse that it's part of the game because two forty five minute halves is the game, and it's not happening. So yeah, I will miss it though. Apartment, yeah, Shithouser is great, especially if it's you and you're away in Europe in a you know the Camp Nou or something like that, and somebody jumps in the corner and holds the face yeah. and kills five minutes. You're buzzing because your heart rate goes down. You're like fucking hell, just finish this game. But on the flip side of that, you're chasing the game. We've all had moments where you're trying to see it out, and then the flip side, you're trying to chase the game. And if it's gonna, you're gonna have moments against you where you're a goal up, and you think fucking hell, and the ball goes up for twelve minutes, and you're gonna have one where you really need a win, and the ball goes up for twelve minutes, and it's gonna give you. A shit feeling or a buzzing feeling. So as long as it's fur across the board, like you said at the start, like it was in the World Cup, then it's good for everybody and bad for everybody. Yeah, I I think it's sometimes it's how it's refed. It's not how it's actually performed. If that, and I'm going to use the example of goalkeepers time wasting. You will never see 
a win like the the fa the, the base basically I'm going to use Tier as an as an example happens at the Etihad loads. You'll never see an opposing like a like a, a Burnley goalkeeper for example get booked for wasting time. But as if City are losing, I mean, it's like a less opposition. We waste. Oh, sorry, City are winning. They'll get booked straight away. If they weren't winning and he's spending the exact same amount of time doing the goal kick, they just they leave book him. Like the referees are refing it based on what the, the score, score is. Yeah. The if it's a winning team wasting time, they'll start booking the team. If they're like nil nil, but they do like they're happy to waste the time. The same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like say Newcastle go waste at Old Trafford again. We'll go to that example. They're pretty happy with a draw, right? Because it's not somewhere they go and get points usually in the past. So from kickoff, they're delaying it. Like they're they're, they're taking the extra bit of time because they're getting the breath back and they're thinking, well, let's just chill out a little bit. Make the let's not make this game chaotic in any way. But then as soon as Newcastle was to go one 0 up, for example, if they did that, they get booked straight away, which just makes sense to me. And I think that's the problem with it because keepers are probably doing it all game and then like oh, I'm getting booked now. Yeah. <laughs> Like said, I mean, it's, it's obvious, game, not but just ref the game, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'll be consistent with it. I feel like if refs are consistent with any rule, no matter how yeah. stupid it is, as fans, we're pretty accepting to it. Yeah, I agree. And it's like the clarity as well. If you, as long as you give us the clarity, we, we know we, what's we'll, going it's on. Clarity, yeah, it's, it's like, if you think, we're used to it now, but going back offside used to do everybody's head in when they were a top offside. But then over time, we see it applied to everybody. You get away with some you get some against you, some given for you, and you see the lines and you see everything. And now, I think we're all used to how offside's done, so I agree. I think if it's done with clarity and transparency, then uh, we'll come to accept it as long as it's applied to everybody the same. Welcome back, listeners. It is that time of the week. I know you're probably thinking at home, oh, it's right at the end of the pod. They've not done it. Who am I? Fucking hell. <laughs> well, there's two here now, so shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you're new to Who Am I, the rules shall be explained. So, if you get the answer on the first clue, you get five points. Working down from hard to easy, if you get it on the last clue, you get one point. So, as always, we'll start with the date of birth. So, clue number one. I was born on the 14th of June, 1981. I'm 41, and I'm retired. Wow. Yeah, Alan Brazil. Oh, that's a good guess. Oh, you've hit the post with Alan Brazil there, mate. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sticking with people with countries as a last name Stephen Island oh I like the theme but no <laughs> no right clue number two this might help you out I played in Brazil Ukraine <gasps> Alan <laughs> England Turkey and India oh Hulk oh it's not Hulk where Ukraine I played in Brazil oh, well, Ukraine <laughs> England Turkey and India Fired from the hip then. You did? You know what? Young Steph. That's you at the post. Yeah. <laughs> you at the post there. Hulk's not a bad shot. I'm sure he's played no. I'm playing in Russia though, aren't And he's 41. Yeah, that's actually. Uh, Wagner Love. <sighs> Blast from the past. It's not in there. Well, same countries again, but. Brazil, Ukraine, yeah. India, Turkey. Fucking idea. There you go. And England. Oh, I think I know it is. Well, right. go on. Next clue. Clear. Yeah. yeah. Clue number three. In 2015, I was arrested during the Indian Cup final for assaulting FC Goa's manager. That doesn't help. Oh, but I, just, on, I, have you I, guess? I know Brazil he's played in India. Go on. Is it Lucio? Oh, it's not Lucio. Fuck, actually, that's Wait, are they Brazilian? We never said that. I didn't say they were Brazilian. All oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, but from the clues that you've been given, they probably are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Brazil, you, you Ukraine. Hit, you just said I hit the post. Oh, I said true. you hit the post on Alan Brazil. 41. I'm really channeled in Brazilian. Uh, is it not Lucio? Oh, 41. You know, it's a good guess old. that as well. 
Somebody like... Do I'm going to shout out Friday Night Cameras that I've seen that on TikTok before. He, he was doing players who So what year was he in, in India? Yeah. And Lucio yeah. was one. Yeah, so shout out to Hams, he's currently in India. Oh, Fabio Rockenbach. Oh, there's a blast from the past from the Borough days, but it's not him. Jim, Stan, get ready, because this is one where you're going to have to be fast. Okay, Dad. I'll scrap any thorn. <clears throat> Clue number four for two points. Sven Joran Eriksson signed me for Man Joe. City for 8.5 million in 2007, and it's not Joe. How did you find it? How much? Oh, fuck's sake. Sven Joran Eriksson signed me for Manchester City in 2007. Rubinho. For 8.5 million. No. It's not Rubinho. He cost 32 know. million. Giovanni. No, you can't say it again. Hey, hey. There's another hey, hey, Last clue. Elano. It is. Oh, Elano. <laughs> it is Elano, but last clue for one point. Craig Bellamy accused me and Rubinho in his autobiography of not giving a shit during our time at Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're the best two players. <laughs> <laughs> fucking class yeah so he got arrested for twatting FC goals manager in 2015 Alano. he's been a prick well I agree everyone deserves a dig Sven signed him for 8.5 million 2007 fuck me to win British free kick against Newcastle oh I, I do I Top forgot left. about him mate chef's kiss you forgot about him oh uh, yeah fuck off I'd have said <laughs> Joe Rubinho and Giovanni before him as Brazilians I was born on the 27th of August 1984 making me 38 and I'm still playing. Oh, Matt Derbyshire. <laughs> it's not Matt Derbyshire. Fernandinho. <laughs> it's not Fernandinho. I'm not sure if he's retired. that old, actually. Has no. he retired? Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, he retired. That's it. You goose. <laughs> Player number two. Oh, sorry. Clue number two, even. I've played in Italy, England, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Ghana, and Russia. He's well-travelled, man. So he don't discriminate, this lad. In all corners. 34. Played in Glasgow again. Currently playing in Russia at the minute. He's stuck there. Where's the 34? No, 38. 38. Right, yeah. He's played in Italy, England, Saudi, Spain, Ghana, and Russia. Jesus. You sound shit. Ha <laughs> right, ha! He's got to be African. Do you reckon? Yeah, because he's going Ghana. He's probably Ghanaian. Oh, Ken Prince Bosek? It's not Ken Prince. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. It's that neck of the woods. Probably a bit older, isn't it? <laughs> Clue number three. I've played for both Milan clubs, however, I won the treble with Inter Milan and Jose oh, Mourinho. Oh, Sully. It's Sully Montari. What wants to think? Clue number Sully? four. He is Ghanaian Clue as well. number four was I won the FA Cup with Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number five, I played with J- Defoe and Crouchy. He did. <laughs> Harry. That could be anyone. Right, listeners, unfortunately, it is that time of the episode where we do have to love you and leave you. But have no fear, I'm going to let you know where you can find us when we're not making pods. So if you've got Instagram, give us a follow on there by using the handle Cookie Podcast Network. We're available on Twitter as well. Go by the handle Cookie Podnet. You can find snippets of the pod as well on YouTube. Just searching Cookie Podcast Clips. And if you've got TikTok, give us a follow on there by using the handle The Cookie Podcast. So last thing before we love you and leave you, give us a five-star review wherever you get your pods. Make sure you set them to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And more importantly, so you don't waste your data. So wherever you get your podcast, just change your settings in there to auto-download so you never miss an episode. So it's been episode 189, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs>